0: Hello, humans. I am back after a week of vacation, luxurious vacation on the beach. It was wonderful. Just kidding. I didn't do any of that, but I really, really wish that I did. (sighs) No, instead, what I did was work too much and didn't rest enough and plowed through many, many tasks that are related to this Kickstarter that we are about to launch on 6-6, June 6th. It's going to be amazing. And in case you haven't heard me rant about it or blab on about it, the Kickstarter is for two documentary shows that we've been working on. One is a linear deep dive that is still going on, Now, as we speak in the background, fueled by synchronicities and it starts with vampires and we don't even know where it's going to end up, honestly. We hope to do many, many seasons of the show because it wants to be made. It keeps calling to us seductively, you know, like answer the call of the weird and dig into yourselves and find maybe not answers, but find out more about How insane and (laughs) unfathomable the universe really is. So that's one of the shows. The other show is episodic. It's like a formulaic ghost hunting show but flipped on its head. We have feministed it and queerified it. And we're also not just focusing on ghosts. We're focusing on making contact with inhuman entities. So whatever location we go to, we attempt to make contact with the entity that people have been experiencing in that location. Each location has reports of high strangeness, and we follow them. Both shows are so incredible because there's this linear show that keeps you up at night, right? I mean, it just, any of you who've gone on paranormal adventures before that are long form, you know that it's like, we are on this long fucking ride. Like it's probably gonna be more than this lifetime. You know that it changes you and opens parts of your brain up that you never thought were possible. With the formulaic show, it's something that gives us that like immediate hit of dopamine. You know, in a long form show, you're like waiting for more things to unfold. And sometimes that takes a few months. And so while the cameras are still available to everybody on the team, When something pops up organically, it could be a while before the next phase of the initiation is meant to unfold. Whereas the other show, it's like we go to this location, we stay up all night and throw every experiment we can think of at it. And not just technologically speaking, we're not just using the essays and spirit boxes and EMFs. We're also bringing in different psychics and mediums and using witchcraft and different divination tools to try to make contact. You get to kind of have this immediate gratification and this long-term gratification. Our goal is that you feel inspired to go on your own paranormal adventures and investigate the weird a little bit more, to think outside of the box a little more. And we hope to carve out a space that doesn't really exist in the paranormal TV space right now. With your help, we can finish these two seasons, season one for the first show, season one for the other show, and we can continue making further seasons. So we can just keep this ball rolling and giving you great content. You will be hearing us shouting it from the rooftops the rest of this week. And of course, when we launch, which is about a week away. So hold on to your butts. All right, let's talk about my guest on this episode. Her name is Linda Gara Applegate. She was born in London, England, and she initially trained as a singer. However, in 1987, she discovered the radiance technique, authentic Reiki, which started her on a spiritual journey. She's an authentic Reiki master and practitioner and has studied to the highest level of the 7th degree. In 2005, she started to study frequencies of brilliance and completed all 52 stages. These techniques have provided stepping stones for becoming an energy channel and allowing her to connect with angels, whales, the elemental kingdom, and her own personal soul light language. Linda is a certified elemental healing practitioner and also a certified whale and dolphin energy healing practitioner. I know, that's a lot of stuff. So in this conversation, we kind of unpack what authentic Reiki is. How is that different than regular Reiki? We also talk about frequencies of brilliance. What is that? And why are there so many stages? And what happens to your body, mind, and spirit when you go through all of those 52 stages? My favorite part about that is that there's an alien component. There is a group of four Palladians that Linda works with on a regular basis, and that's just normal for her. She's constantly in contact with aliens. We also talk about how she first started to communicate with dolphins and whales and unicorns and dragons end and end and in her spiritual practices. This conversation is fascinating. I've never really spoken with somebody who works with so many different kinds of beings. And I know some of my skeptics out there, some of my skullies out there are going to be like, what the fuck? Unicorns? Dragons? But you know, the mind is really powerful and sometimes entities come to us in really unique ways. And we have a lot of imagery of unicorns and dragons, etc. Where did they come from? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I personally don't know if I agree with all of the components of authentic Reiki and frequencies of brilliance, but I have had a session with Linda and it was really interesting. She spoke in a very unusual language a vampire came through. And I do mention in this chat that I have to go back to that session that we had and figure out what exactly was said. But I thought instead what I would do is just plop that in to the Patreon and let my patrons see it so you can see if that's a session that you'd like to be a part of. And also you can see what that vampire said. A lot of interesting messages came through. I was specifically asking about the shows that we're about to launch and that we're doing this Kickstarter for. And strangely, a vampire named Ivan came through. You know, take it or leave it. That'll be available to the patrons. I'm going to put it up there, unpolished, unedited. So don't judge me. Just love me anyway, patrons. But I will plop that into your patron inbox. And the other thing that comes up is a regression that I had before, which I brought up on the podcast in the past where I remembered being a refugee uh, from another planet. And I really freaked out the hypnotist. So we talk a little bit about that in this conversation as well. And the planet Lyra, Lyra, any of you who know more about that planet, please let me know. I'm definitely going to have to dig into that planet again and see if it feels familiar in any other ways, because clearly Linda has been there and maybe I've been there too. I'm not sure. So, if you want to listen to a conversation about dolphins and whales and aliens and dragons, then this is the episode for you. If not, maybe skip this one. But you know what? They're all going to be fucking weird. Anyway, here's my chat with Linda. Let's get to the woo now. Yeah, yeah. Let's get to the woo now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like to start these conversations with your woo background, you know, because I know you, well, I don't know you, but I met you through my friend, Ashley, and she just had so many lovely things to say about you. And then you did a session for me, which was so unusual in so many ways. And, And that's saying a lot since I've, done like I said so many different kinds of energy healing and things like that so how did you get to be doing that kind of work what was your childhood like when did the woo you know grab onto you so to speak
1: well my childhood was very normal I wasn't into woo whatsoever didn't even I didn't even think about it I didn't even think people had a soul so I was you know pretty pretty basic and normal and it wasn't until 1987 that a girlfriend told me about the Radiance Technique Authentic Reiki which is Reiki in seven degrees and and I decided to check it out and so I was taking the first degree with um, my teacher. We were in California at the time And I said to him, oh, I just want to do the first degree. He shrugged his shoulders and said, wait and see. Next day, I was asking him how to become a teacher. And I was also knew I would eventually take the seventh degree, which took 20 years, but I eventually got to the seventh degree. And it was a light switch just turned on. It was the start of my spiritual journey, and I never looked back from there. And I thought, well, this would be all I'll do. You know, I really enjoyed. um, I became a teacher of the Radiance technique. I was a practitioner. And this seemed to be my journey. I didn't think I was going anywhere else. And it wasn't until, and, you know, I use it on myself every day. It's part of who I've been doing this for 35 years now. And it's part of who I am. It's part of what I do. My day doesn't start right without it. And although I don't teach it that much, I teach it some. um, It is a big part of my life. But then when we were, my my husband was in the military, so we were moving around all the time. And then in uh, 2005, I came across a technique called frequencies of brilliance. And this is working uh, with Pleiadians, and I have a team of four Pleiadians who work with me. And I did... People say, if you hear something three times from different sources, you should take note. And so I heard about this from three different sources, and I said, okay, looks like I'm supposed to take note. And so I went to stage one, and, like with the radiance technique, I said, "There's no way I'm doing any more than this. You know, I'm done. You can't <laughs> drag me back here with wild horses." <laughs> well, famous last words. <laughs> it was kind of interesting. I just before I left Canada, one of the practitioners, she said, "Well, let's get a group of us together and we'll do a demo for people." Because there were more practitioners than there were people coming to receive the demo, we pulled straws. And I pulled a straw to be a worker. I said, you know, I'm leaving. Why not, you know, somebody who's, who's staying in Canada, you know, I'm leaving. And the woman who was organizing said, there's a reason. Go ahead. Do the demo. So I did after i did the demo i said i have to continue with frequencies of brilliance i have to continue and we are taught at the stage 3 how to bring manner into your body it's a light nutrition and it's kind of activating parts of the brain So there's a connection from the pineal gland to the heart to the gut. And this, with the connections that go on in the brain, it starts to open up channels for you to receive the light nutrition. And after I did that class, I said, well, I've got to become a teacher. So I went and did the teaching. And although I've never actually taught it, there was a reason that I had to be there. And that was the start of my journey with Frequencies of Brilliance. And there's 52 stages. I went, there's no way I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll get to 20, then I'll be done. Well, I got to 20. Uh, well, I'll go to 30, then I'll be done. And then there we had groupings of, and it took, oh, I, I've been training now since 2005, and I'm still training. We've completed up to stage 52, which is the Frequencies of Brilliance. I completed that in 2020, and I'd be going up to Minnesota in February every year to do training. That's <laughs> cold, yeah. Cause... I know. Couldn't we have chosen a
0: different month than February in a Minnesota? A different state, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Different month, different state you choose, yeah. Yes, Uh, You know,
1: it was always amazing. It was always, and I just felt I had to keep going. So I did up to stage 52, and it got easier all the time. Stage one is a really tough cookie to work with. It brings up all kinds of issues, and you go, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) why did i do this (laughs) yes why did i do this 12 (laughs) intensive days of bringing up issues it's like oh my god (laughs) yeah but the whole thing gets easier after that and what's so interesting about frequencies of brilliance is i would have lots of visuals and with the radiance technique not so much You know, I get ideas with that. When I'm doing my hands-on, I get ideas. You know, go, oh, that would be a good idea, and then I get start to formulate how I want to present that idea. But with frequencies of brilliance, I never was visual except when I was doing my training, and I'd see all kinds of things. You know, like a Pegasus flying by. Go, what? And then one time I was in meditation and I turn into a dragon and I'm going, what? (laughs) (laughs) This is so weird. And I kind of just going with the flow, things would present themselves. And as I did the frequencies of brilliance more and more, I become more visual and have more visions. And when I work with people, I usually get some kind of vision that you know when we worked together we we had visions <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah we sure did <laughs> I can't exactly remember what happened I mean you can illuminate if you want I'm not going to
0: <laughs> you know what I can't remember I mean and I wanted to you know what I'll do I'll I'll look at I'll uh, re-listen to it before I yeah. do the intro Oh okay right yes yeah, we'll go yeah. through that cuz I don't remember I can't remember the visuals I do remember a certain vampire coming through and giving me a very strong message mm-hmm. and I remember some of the feelings that I had but I can't remember the visuals although they they were remarkable though so it's funny that I can't remember them right now
1: Yes but- and your friend Ashley I mean she wanted me to investigate that thoughts and I went. I don't really know much about the Hathors, but <laughs> messages came through, and that's what we got. Yeah. And I recently had a client, and he came, and I was. I said, "You are a merman." I was thinking, should I even say this? But <laughs> <laughs> I've never done this before, and I'm telling him as a merman. <laughs> and what did he say? He was. He says, "Well, I've always been connected to the water." <laughs> because when he first said that, I thought, "Well, maybe whales." No, it wasn't whales. It was definitely a merman, and there was a whole host of stuff that he needed to address in his merman being. And you know, it was like anger issues towards humans. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do some
0: forgiveness around this. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny that you brought that up because just recently somebody I don't know where I saw it because I have so much woo stuff coming into my space all the time but there was um multiple accounts of people seeing mer people okay um, yeah uh, I, and I don't think any of them were were recent. I think there were many decades ago, but it was pretty interesting. And and the articles were compelling. If only I could remember where they were from. I have such a bad memory. <laughs> this is why I need a production assistant to, to remember things for me. So, but I want to go back to what you, you just said so many things that I have many questions about. So the first one, let's start with Reiki because that's where you started. Okay. I've had Reiki done on me before. I've actually trained in Reiki, just Reiki level one, which is a different Reiki than your Reiki, I believe. Can you just explain to the listeners what the difference is between the more mainstream Reiki and authentic Reiki? Well,
1: the difference is that um, most people are familiar with Hawaii Takata. And when she was teaching people, she'd never tell them that, you know, she taught them the first degree. She never told them there was more than the first degree. And then when she eventually started to teach some people to become teachers, she didn't tell them, you know, that there's more to the system. She said, I will tell you when you're ready. And that's all she said. And it wasn't until Um, And she thought she would live till she was a hundred. She actually died when she was 80. (laughs) And Dr. Barbara Ray, who um, was the head of the Radiance Technique Authentic Reiki, they changed the name to the Radiance Technique so that people would understand that there was a difference between what was being taught up to the third degree and the full intact Uzui system of seven degrees. And so actually what you need in order for the system to be intact, you have to have the fifth degree attunements to be able to attune somebody to the third degree. But after Hawaii Takata died, people were who had the third degree were attuning other people to the third degree. So a portion of the science was missing. Mm-hmm. And you know, and so it was no longer um the radiance technique, authentic Reiki, is a transcendental meditation technique that uses the hands. And so it's related to other Eastern vibrational sciences, such as transcendental meditation and other Eastern vibrational sciences and chakras and chakra sciences. And so it, what happened after Hawaii Takata's death and after people who didn't know that there was more of a full system than what they thought there was and who were going out and teaching other people the third degree, part of the attunement processes were missing. And so you're accessing a different energy. And so when I came across this, it's I do have people who sometimes come who are Reiki masters and that's fine if you're happy with it and it works for you. But some of them say, I just felt something was missing. And I said, Yeah, something is missing. You know, so it just depends what you're resonating with. It's not that Reiki's bad. It's just not the intact system. When Dr. Barbara Ray met Hawaii Takata, because she'd she'd received the first degree from somebody, you know, who could legitimately teach it. And she, because she had done transcendental meditation and because she taught ancient civilizations as a uh, university professor, she was familiar with a lot of Eastern vibrational energy sciences. And after she got the first degree, she says to this person, who has the rest of this technique? And so they said, Hawaii Takata. And so she went and she met with Hawaii Takata. And they locked eyes and Hawaii Takata said to her, I've been waiting for you. And she trained her in all seven degrees within a month. I mean, that's a lot of energy, believe me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how, long, how long does it usually take? It
1: took me 20 years.
0: <laughs> dang.
1: <laughs> yeah, dang. <laughs> <laughs> I, kept, I kept applying. I got the sixth degree, I think, after 10 years. And I kept applying to do the seventh degree. And, we kept being told, you're not ready, you're not ready, you're not ready, you're not ready, and rawr, when am I going to be ready?
0: Eventually, <laughs> after 20 years, I was allowed to do the seventh degree. What is so special about getting to the seventh degree? What is it just well, it- nobody has to. It's just something, it was like something that I felt I had
1: to do. It was part of my journey, part of the stepping stones. So for me, the Radiance technique and Frequencies of Brilliance have been stepping stones for becoming an energy channel. And Uh, that's, yeah, I mean, when I was first told that a girlfriend of mine channels a being called One, um, he said to me, you're going to be an energy channel. I go, what's that?
0: (laughs) No idea (laughs) what that was. (laughs) What is that, sir?
1: (laughs) So, you know, it was uh, when things happened to me spontaneously. And so when I started to channel, you know, energetically, it's like, oh, what's happening? What's this?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So Um, you had said that, you know, someone came to you and they were a Reiki master in the traditional or what's more mainstream, I should say. Yes, okay. the mainstream Reiki, and they um, said that that Reiki was missing something. And you know, then you mentioned the transcendental meditation. Is that the core thing that's missing? Is that is that yes, those components it, were supposed to be married?
1: No. Well, the component that was missing is that you have to have the fifth degree and all the attunements that are involved with the fifth degree and all the symbols that are involved up to the fifth degree to attune somebody to the third degree. Otherwise, a portion of the science is missing. So as somebody with the third degree who hasn't been trained up to the fifth degree, who doesn't, let's call it, you know, it's like a hard drive. If the hard drive is not intact, the software application is not going to work the same. Okay. It's going to be different. Let's just put it that way.
0: And do you, what, or I guess, do you know what the central mission is of this specific lineage? I think it's to,
1: it's all about spiritual growth. I mean, for me, it was, I, uh, that was, that was the start of my journey. And a lot of people, they say, when they get their first attunement, that something switches on for them and it's a remembering for me it was a remembering i mean it was just like okay i've done this before uh in many thousands of years ago i've done this before it yeah. was familiar
0: did you feel i mean you said that it took you 20 years to get through the seven degrees yes did you feel like it took that long because it was a painful process? Was it No, it
1: wasn't a painful process. But I think you have to um your system has to be ready. Mm-hmm. It wasn't painful at all, but you know, it each of the seven degrees um works on the seven major chakras. So the first degree is working on the uh base chakra, survival, all the things that you know relate to the base chakra and then when you do the second degree it's relating to it's highlighting the mental emotional planes and then the third degree is highlighting the whole uh power structure where you're the inner um your authentic power you know as jimi hendrix says you know when when the love of when the power of love overcomes the love of power, we will know peace. And that's precisely it. Yeah, You know, it's all developing your spiritual being. And, you know, in the fourth degree related to the heart chakra, the fifth to the throat center, and the sixth, the intuitive center, and then the seventh connecting you into the crown chakra. And so... It was a journey for me, and each different level um, had it was was a growth, you know, was was a was a growth uh, thing, and I, you know, I never, I always felt like it was something I I wanted and needed to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the reason I ask is, you know, because in my experience with intense energy work, it's not always a fun time. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, check, please. <laughs> yes. Why did I sign up for this? Um, and I'm thinking, you know, I've, I've done a lot of uh, Vipassana meditation. And so it's more of like the body scan and going in for these. I've done like multiple silent retreats and it's always on the fourth or fifth day where you're just like, kill me, kill yeah. all me. <laughs> kill me now i want to die and and it's not just because you know it's not boredom and oh no it's it's it's, it's uh, clearing it's, a lot of shit out shit <laughs> out yeah it's it's the it's not boring at all it's all this stuff that comes up people think the hardest part about uh silent retreat is being quiet and mm. to me that's in the whole scheme of all of the the obstacles and difficult parts i it is the easiest it's yeah. the shit that comes up when you are quiet with yourself that is mm-hmm. terrifying you know i mean i mean it's it's terrifying and sad and scary it's it's everything you know all of the emotions and i is is there a sense of that when you go through each of these stages through i didn't find that well sometimes that was less so
1: with the radiance technique, more so with frequencies of brilliance. Certainly stage one was a lot of a lot of clearing and a lot of screaming and yelling.
0: <laughs> Can you explain to the to the listeners what a Pleiadian is? Oh, what a Pleiadian
1: is? Okay. A Pleiadian is uh, extraterrestrial who comes from the uh, Pleiadian system. That's known as the Seven Sisters uh, is the star system and the Pleiadians are the planetary people from there. And of course we've had, you know, in ancient times on Earth, we've had assistance from ETs. Pleiadians are are the main cedars of humanity. I'd have to say that there are other races who have been part of the seeding process of human beings on planet Earth. That's kind of just the way it works. You know, other planetary beings seed other humanoids on new planets. And that's just the way it works. The Pleiadians have been a part of seeding and supporting and training humanity for thousands and thousands of years. And so when they come now, there's different Pleiadian techniques. There's several, quite a few out there. And it's all part of their assisting us in our ascension process and moving forward on our spiritual path.
0: We're going to go deep dive into the to the alien component of all of this because oh, there's just so many interesting things in the land of Palladians. But before we do that, I want to go back to the difference between embarking on the path of authentic Reiki or the radiance technique versus the frequency of brilliance. How were those two paths different and, and what really was the most compelling part of the frequency of brilliance that hooked you for 52 you know more or 51 stages, more yeah. stages yeah
1: <laughs> i the energy feels very different and it was just part of i just knew that this was part of my stepping stones to doing Ooh. the kind of work i'm doing now as well which is working with Whales and unicorns and dragons and light language and all that kind of thing because you know I I suppose you're going to be asking me that as well.
0: Yeah, you bet. We'll be we'll be getting to that. (laughs) Hold on to your
1: butt. But yes, I think this was all part of my. It's the mission that I I came here to do in this body at this time, and so the journey was you know, the radiance technique first, and then frequencies of brilliance. These are all part of my journey, part of the stepping stones. And it was just an inner knowing that this was part of my journey and that, you know, it was something I had to do. There was never a question of, oh, maybe, maybe not. No, it was, I have to do this.
0: Yeah. It was a calling.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And even though- And this is how callings are, right? Even though stage one was gnarly and you didn't. Oh, stage
1: one was gnarly. Yes. (laughs) I went,
0: hey, you're not dragging
1: me back here with wild horses. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) it's a bit like, you know, I I mean, I haven't birthed a child, but I think some people, they have a child and they said, that's it. No more. And then, oh, there's a bunch more children come, you (laughs) know. I suppose you forget the pain of birthing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd bring it back to to the vipassana retreats. You know, it's like I don't know why they call them retreats. They're not retreats. There is nothing relaxing really about them. Um, but it's like you know, why did I keep going back? It's I felt called to do it again, yes. even though yeah. I the pain and suffering was there. Um, That's
1: part part of your path. You know, you just feel it. You know it. Every fiber of your cell in your body says. Do it, and you know if you don't do it, you, 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 you don't. You know, you start to have. I think if you're not following your path, that's where you fall apart. You've just got to follow it. There's something says do it. You have to.
0: Yeah. So did the part about extraterrestrials at the time? Did that freak yeah. you out at all? Were you like, what the fuck? Nope. Or were you already open to that?
1: I was already open to that.
0: Okay, so you know, you you mentioned that Pleiadians are, or have been, here helping us for thousands of years, and really helping us with that ascension process. You know, I have a woo podcast. Obviously, I've heard this before from many different uh, mm-hmm. lineages of alien entities. So, my question always, and I just want to hear it from everybody who's had alien experiences: Why don't they help us get out of this shit show? I, I have my own but I just want to know what you think.
1: They are helping us. We are the manifest people on on the ground. We're the boots on the ground and you know they can't do it without us. You know we are the conduit through which they work. Hmm. And you know we've got to we've got to save ourselves. They're not going to come and save us. They'll assist us, but they won't save us. And it's all about us understanding who we are and moving along that path and of course people like you and me we're way-showers and that's part of what we do you know we we show people there's a different way there's a different way than war there's a different way than you know what we're doing at the moment there, there is a path towards peace and that's part of what we do we we way show in whatever way we do it. Everybody's a you know who's on the spiritual path all the star seeds and people who are on the spiritual path. This is part of this is our journey. This is what we signed up to do to be way showers. Mm, uh, God.
0: Sometimes I wonder why I signed up for it. <laughs> I'm always like, <laughs> this is a pain in the ass life. So now I I just read an article this morning that there's eight. Billion people on the planet, we just sort of passed that net that number. Oh, we did. Okay, yeah. What What are your thoughts on just through the lens of the kind of work that you do? What are your thoughts on why there are so many incarnate or incarnated souls on the planet right now?
1: Many people wanted to be here in physical body at this time of ascension. Earth is going through a huge transformation as we go through the 26,000-year cycles, and we're coming to the end of one 26,000-year cycle, and we're spiraling up. And a lot of people want to be here for the show and to be a part of it, and that's why you've got 8 billion and other people clamoring on the other side to take a physical body. And I think it's because... They want to be here to be a part of what's happening, this historic event that's, you know, I think we tried it once before in the times of Atlantis, and we failed, and we're trying again, or well, now we're at the an, another cusp where we're moving forward into a new cycle and a new ascending from what's called the third dimension up into the fourth or fifth dimensions. Where of course we're at a higher vibration and we're working from more from the heart, and I, a lot of my work is all about being heart centered. And I I notice myself having to open up. This is all about me learning to be heart centered and also bringing other people into that heart centeredness. Yeah, you know, where we're moving out of the ego mind into the heart. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the work that the Pleiadians do with us in Frequencies of Brilliance, for example, they're always connecting the pineal gland to the heart. There's this connection going on all the time. And it's bypassing the ego mind. And of course, the ego mind, it's it's like, I know what I know and I don't want to change. And the heart says, uh-uh. No, no, we're we're in for a ride, we're in for a change, and the ego mind's going, nah, <laughs>
0: Yeah, the egos. And the heart says, Oh, but you're going to. (laughs) Hold on. So you brought up Blue Mary and Atlantis, though, and you said, you know, you think we might have tried this before, which is something that resonates with me. But what do you mean when you say we might have tried this? What do you mean by that? This, this this ascension, you know, because the as the story, quote unquote story, the history, I don't know, goes. Atlantis sunk. So, yes. how do you compare what's going on now with that experience? Well, I
1: think there are at this point in time there are a lot of Atlanteans reincarnating to maybe do. Some of them want want to repeat the old crap that they were doing then, and other people want a new chance to do it differently, <laughs> so that we actually can ascend into the. You know, go through the ascension process where our planet, Mother Earth, she's ascending and, you know, you better be along for the ride with her because she's doing it anyway. We're moving into a higher vibration, more of a heart vibration, and leaving the old patriarchy behind, the old way of manipulation and control, and moving into heart centeredness and a way of being in the world that is with love, with peace, compassion, and it's moving into the feminine, into the divine feminine. We're moving away from the patriarchy into the divine feminine, which means we're not leaving the patriarchy behind. We're just aligning the divine masculine with the divine feminine, bringing in an alignment because everybody contains the feminine and the masculine within themselves.
0: Right. And you said earlier that some of the work the Pleiadians do is, I think you said the word seeding. Can you explain what you mean by that? Well, they're part of the,
1: you know, they bring, they brought their DNA and there's other races who are part of our whole DNA structure. And so we move from, I'm not sure that there was ever really a missing link per se. I mean, we've always been star seeds and I'd, I don't not sure that we actually developed from apes and turned into humans. Um, <laughs> I have my thoughts on that one. But they did a lot of work, for example, there's uh Greg Braden talks about the uh genome. I think it's the second where instead of having 24 pairs or 12 pairs, we have 23 chromosomes or something. I'm I'm getting confused. And one of them is fused together in the middle. And that's what gave us speech, empathy. And that's the difference between our animal existence and our human existence as intuitive, empathetic beings who had language and who had um, higher thought processes. Okay. And I think that's part of what the... Pleiadians and other t- ETs, that's part of their seeding process.
0: So seeding is essentially, in a way, almost I'm trying to find the right word, almost like doing alterations on humans or lineages of souls to help things to yeah. be more empathetic and more heart-centered. Well,
1: yeah. Okay. And that's, then- That's my understanding.
0: You, I think you just said that everyone's a star seed. Is, is that what you said? I'm not
1: sure, but I think for the most part, yes. I think we're all hybrids, you know, from ancient times. You know, we, we have that, you know, the ETs have seeded us, which makes us that hybrids. And, you know, it goes back thousands and thousands of years.
0: I've been told numerous times that I'm a starseed, and I also had a really remarkable past life regression that was a hypnosis. You know, I went into a hypnosis Mm -hmm. and I remembered being a refugee on this planet because my planet blew up or essentially it was not safe anymore. And so I was feeling the feelings of not being able to fully take breaths the way that we did on our other planet. And it wasn't even really the same. But mm-hmm. it, it was hard to function here. It, we didn't, The it was so heavy. Everything felt yeah. really heavy and dense. And I just saw all of these images and I was sobbing. You know, I have the zoom of it. It's bizarre to look back at it because I was really, really in it. You know, it's stirring around in my head. I wonder if you think that there is a difference between an old soul, soul and a new soul. You know, if everybody is star yeah. seed and we're all hybrids, are there people who go back a a bit further, and why are they here?
1: Well, I think there are definitely new souls coming onto the planet who don't have the karma that we have. For example, the indigo children and the crystal children and the rainbow children, they're coming in much more with clean slates and not with all the old, old karma and all the old programming. So that they can really move forward and bring, I think a lot of the star seeds of the, let's say the, um, say the crystal children and the rainbow children. I think they're coming from uh, originally from higher dimensional planets, and they're bringing in energetic codes from their planets of origin, and that's part of their mission is bringing in these new ways of thinking, new ways of doing things, you know, just a, a new, and they're not coming in with all the karmic stuff that we have, you know, no. the, the, old, the old God.
0: Sounds, yeah, <laughs> sounds lovely. I'm like, why couldn't I have come a little bit later? Uh, but, you know, that's, that's not. Well,
1: they still got to deal with all the stuff we're dealing with. Yeah. It? It's, not, it's
0: not easy for
1: them either.
0: No. So. Do you feel like there are other species of aliens that are nefarious by nature, you know, intrinsically nefarious or evil even? I don't really like using that word, but you know what I mean? Well, I
1: I Well, I do believe, yes, that we are ridding ourselves of some of the nefarious types of ETs, the Draconians and some of the Greys and... I, I I don't know different people have different references to them that some say they're evil, some say they're just part of the shadow work. And you know, I'm I'm not entirely sure, but I think we are ridding our planet of their negativity. And these are some of the people like for the planet that you came from. I mean I've I feel that I originally may have also come from the planet of Lyra, which was blown up. And, and people came to one of the planets people came to was planet earth as refugees. And, you know, I do believe there are quite a lot of, um, people who've been through that journey.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just got chills when you said that. That was really weird. How, do you know how to spell the name of that planet? I've heard oh, Lyra, it. Lyra, yeah. L-Y-R-A. A. Yeah. Yeah cryptids, you know, Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, Mothman. Do you think those are just other extraterrestrials or they're just sort of different kind of energies that aren't necessarily in the third dimension?
1: I'm not sure. I think Bigfoot, for example,
0: they move into different
1: dimensions. I think they they spend time in the fourth dimension and they they are kind of I don't know whether they're ETs or not, but they do shift in shift into different dimensions as far as I know.
0: Tell me about the the four Palladian guides. So you start this frequency of brilliance. When did they pop in? And was it startling? Was what was that experience like?
1: They're with you immediately as soon as you start training. They're part of your guide system. And if I do see them, we started with three Pleiadian guides. And I think I'm I'm not sure what stage it was where you yeah, know we either got a new team of four or one extra. I'm not sure. Christine wasn't quite sure either. But yeah, when you start to do the work, that's when they start to work through you and I asked them one time what their names were. They told me and I promptly forgot and I've never asked again. (laughs) I just kind of see them like columns of light, you know, if, if I do see anything. And I know one time it was kind of funny. I was doing one of the techniques and I'm so directionally challenged. And I was going, is this left or is this right? Is this left? (laughs) Am I in the right place? And I was so confused. I heard my Pleiadian team start laughing.
0: (gasps) They were like, come on. (laughs) Yeah, like, come on. (laughs) Do you work with them every morning? You said you do a morning routine.
1: I do do uh, the radiance technique every morning. But if I'm doing frequencies work, they're always, you know, they work through me. And sometimes it's kind of interesting. Sometimes, you know, some I usually don't touch the body much, but occasionally I'll have my hand in both hands in two different places. And one person said to me one time, well, I could feel both your hands, but I felt another hand. I went, oh, yeah, that can happen. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes... Sometimes they're holding, you know, holding a hand or holding a
0: space or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I've heard that before, for sure. So, okay, you started with the radiance technique, authentic Reiki, and then you moved into frequency of brilliance, and then that sort of opened you up, you said, to becoming an energy channel. And that's when, at that time, I'm, I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, you started channeling whales, dolphins, things like that. And how did that unfold? Okay,
1: so I had started to channel angels, and then one time I was doing a meditation, and I was, I found myself in a cave with green crystals, and, and I thought, oh, probably Archangel Raphael's going to show up. Well, this huge orca whale came into the cave and said, "My name's Shaleel and I'm your guardian whale." I went, okay. <laughs> and you're like I need help and it what's so funny is yes, they always come through you know immediately these beings come through they go okay now go out and teach about us and I go I really don't know a whole lot about you could you give me more <laughs> but then I had uh I had a very interesting experience we were going to a wedding round Vancouver somewhere. Anyway, we were on one of these islands and the wedding didn't start till three. So we were able to do a whale trip in the morning to see the orca whales. I've done a little bit of animal communication. So I was using my rather limited animal communication skills and I was saying, I'm really excited to see you. Yeah, and then the next morning when I was sitting in the boat, I'd go, I'm sitting here, this is where I am. <laughs> and, and we we followed the you know, we followed at the required distance as the whale, the pod of whales was fishing, and about two hours later the captain says, Okay, he stops the boat and say says we're going back to shore. As he did that, the pod of orcas came up to our boat, they circled once, brought their tails and their heads up, they circled a second time brought their heads and tails up, and then they swam off. And I went, oh, my God. <laughs> it was like, yeah, you know, okay, we've acknowledged you. you know, your work is beginning. Yeah, <laughs> welcome. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> so that was a really interesting experience. And whales, they have, like we have three major chakras above our crown. Dolphins have... 12 major chakras above the crown, and whales have 21 chakras above the crown. So they're working in all kinds of dimensional realms, and they have been called the people of the sea. We're the people of the land, they're the people of the sea. And they have dominion over the sea, we have dominion over the land. And for example, humpback whales, what they will do, they will what's called logging on the surface of the water and they will receive cosmic codes. And in fact, there's even um, in the Van Allen belt they've recorded these sounds there and it sounds like humpback whales singing. Wow. And so they will they will receive cosmic codes. As they're just sort of lying on the surface of the water. And then they will start, they will face downwards towards the grid lines of the earth and they'll start singing into the grid lines. And that's how they bring the cosmic codes that they've received into Mother Earth, into the grid lines. And this is all part of the whole harmony and bringing in through their energies. And this is their. This is how they have dominion over the seas. We have dominion over the land, and we ain't doing so well. They've been around for thirty million years, and the dolphins as well. And part of their mission is to assist us. Yeah, we've been around like two hundred and fifty thousand years, and we're we're still like two year olds throwing rocks at each other in the <laughs> sandbox. <samples.
0: embarrassing>. very <laughs> I'm, embarrassing. I'm, they're helping
1: us to you know evolve <laughs> and because they live at a completely different plane. They are fifth-dimensional beings. And dolphins, for example, carry the Christ consciousness of love and joy, and whales carry the Buddha consciousness of peace. And you know, if you're in the presence of a whale, I mean it's just like there's just this this incredible energy that comes from them that's part of who they are and just to give you a little example of how they are in so many different realms i heard a story once joan ocean she's been swimming with dolphins for the last oh 30 40 years she lives on the hawaiian islands and she tells the story of how a humpback whale that was in around the hawaiian islands where they come to birth their babies, that uh, some scientists put a GPS on it, on this humpback whale. And then they were following the humpback whale along and suddenly it disappears off their GPS for six minutes. Six minutes later, they record it being in the Indian Ocean. It had gone through a portal and landed in the Indian Ocean and says, okay, scientists, what do you make of that one? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm really curious about portals, too, and, 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 and where so, they are. You know,
1: when I said to, I mean, I do a lot of, you know, Anne Gordon, she's my main person to teach me all about whales and to go on whale trips along with Laurie Rayon. And when I said to Anne one time, I said, well, if they can go through portals like that, why do they swim all this distance to go to their birthing grounds she says they're having a physical experience yeah like us and so that's what they're doing they're having their physical experience i go okay i have had a past life as a whale i've seen myself in a regression
0: i was just yeah. going to ask you that that's so weird you just took it right out of my mouth
1: yeah i saw myself as an orca whale and i got harpooned mm-hmm. and it didn't kill me but it brain damaged me and so I was always on the periphery of the pod, and I had to do quite a bit of healing towards humans as well, yes. you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, That's we're just... dicks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I do have that whale aspect because we're multidimensional beings, and there's we just don't understand beyond the physical who we really are. And so I've seen one time and I do connect into very high vibrational whales. One time this blue whale showed up, her name Shagun, and she is an aspect of my soul. And I went, Oh, that's kind of interesting right. (laughs) (laughs) And then one time I was at a a cetacean summit that had been organized by Anne Gordon. Are you familiar with Bashar? Daryl Anker, he uh, channels an ET called Bashar.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I know that word. He's
1: very much into whales as well. Mm -hmm. And so somebody said to him, they're asking questions. She says, can you tell me about the purple whale? And he goes, no. So I speak to this person the next day and I say to her, can you tell me anything about this purple whale? And she goes, from my understanding, it's fifth dimensional. It's twice the size of a blue whale. So it's about 200 feet, which is pretty enormous. (laughs) She is. And this purple whale, one time during frequencies of brilliance training, it showed up and says my name's Wassani and we went on a journey and I've been working with Wassani ever since and Wassani a friend of mine you know when I was working with his energy she said he has the kind of it feels like merlin he has mm. this kind of magical energy and for what he tells me he works with you know fifth dimensional inner earth people bringing through you know the wisdom and Caring for the planet and all that kind of stuff,
0: all that good stuff,
1: all that good stuff. Yeah.
0: So you s- started channeling angels, and then the the dolphins and the whales came. And then when did the dragons and the unicorns and and even when you were doing my vision quest session, you a, a vampire came through. I mean, I I had asked about the show, which is the documentary is about vampires, but one came through. How did you get connected or sort of permission, so to speak, to be able to contact dragons, unicorns, elementals, etc.?
1: Okay. Well, with the dragons, this was once again during frequencies of brilliance, and um, we were in a meditation and I suddenly turn into a dragon. I go, huh? <laughs> it was never part of my I you know, it didn't even occur to me that uh, you know, it was never part of my thinking. You know, I hadn't connected with elementals at all. And uh, and then later on, a client came, and I was about to do a Frequencies of Brilliance session. And he says to me, I've been seeing dragons around me. And I said, yeah, so have I. And so the dragons came through, initiated us. Yeah, we did a dragon session, not Frequencies of Brilliance. And and then they said, now go out and teach about us. That's what they Here always we- say to me. <laughs>
0: Here we go again.
1: <laughs> Here we go again. So he and I actually did go out and teach a couple of classes, and then I got more information, you know, synchronistically. Of course. Know, stuff stuff shows up.
0: Yeah, that's ours. A, re,
1: a replay of a dragon show. Okay, right. Well, I'm making busy notes.
0: Yeah, f- feverishly yeah. taking notes, yes. Yeah. You know? And so it's developed
1: since then. And, you know, I, you know, I just connect in with them. And if I sometimes if I'm doing a dragon session for somebody, I'll just pull cards and I will channel them energetically. I I, I really like to work with the cards from Diana Cooper. And she has these dragons from very many different realms, you know, 12 dimensional down to fifth dimensional and, you know, they have their own unique energies and I'll just bring their energies through. I'll just channel them. Are you, do you connect in with dragons at all? If you have a
0: relationship with dragons at all? I have never tried and I, not, not that I know of, I have other beings, but I haven't had a dragon connection yet. Yet. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes. 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 I mean, when I'm
1: teaching or doing a workshop, I'll usually do a, a meditation where people meet their guardian dragon. And then of course, you know, they they have their dragons with them.
0: Yeah. That's great. I want to do that sometime with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time today to chat. And this is so interesting. I'm going to follow up with you Thanks. Okay, yeah. I was really nervous about this, but at least you you just carried me through. So. Yeah, no, you did great. So, well, and we'll get even weirder next time, but I do have to ask before I go, what's that Egyptian art behind you? Uh, Let me see. Are you connected to
1: the ancient Egyptian? Oh, yes, yeah, so that comes up. I was in Egypt and one of them did this one. I don't know if you could see it. Whoops. That one. Yeah,
0: that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's an
1: initiation taking place. Is it? Um, yeah, yeah. And, we're gonna
0: have to talk about that. And this is time. whirling, whirling dervishes. Uh, yes,
1: another one. Yeah, another initiation, I think, or some kind.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm writing that down. We're gonna. That's definitely on the outline for next time because I, I knew I knew you from somewhere. So put a pin in it. All right, Linda. I gotta go. I'll say okay, it right. Okay. Have a great day. Thanks. Right. Bye. <laughs> Well, there you go. What do you think about communicating with dragons? Or how about whales? Or do you want to work with Linda and see which guide comes forth for you to help you out on your bizarre journey? If you'd like to do that, you can reach out to her directly at garaapplegate at gmail.com. And of course, I'll have that in the show notes. And Linda doesn't have a website, but more information about these techniques that we talk about in this episode can be found at www.trtia.org or www.christinedayonline.com. I hope you're following what you love. You can do it. All right. I'll talk to you next week when the Kickstarter will be launched in case you forgot. Bye. Thank you for following The Woo with me today. If you love what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to Follow The Woo wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling particularly stoked about this show, please leave a review and or rating. You can also support this podcast by becoming a member of The Order of Woo, where you'll get community access and loads of extra goodies exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash follow the woo. The Order of Woo patrons bolster this podcast and community and allow for the creation of more content, products, services, and events over time. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for the patrons who have joined the order already. If you've experienced something magical, mystical, or just downright weird and want to discuss it, or if you're interested in sharing your expertise, or if you want me to research a Woo topic with you or for you, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Join me next week for another woo topic. And remember tell the truth, be nice to each other, and if it feels right, follow.